Okay, so today um, I'm going to be speaking today um, about a movement of boldness. Um, and bef- I'm going to be reading the passage um, in the middle of the sermon, so don't worry, I will read it. And, um, but first, I do like to start with a joke. So, I did check with Nate, and um, he thinks that it's okay to say this joke. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, what do you get when you put holy water with laxatives? A holy movement. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> they're so awful, all of them. I love them. Okay, so, right, St. Mary's, here, we are part of a movement. Did you know that? Did you know that? Um, and that is why we're going through the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts helps us understand what happened in the gospel and afterwards. So it talks about, explains what Jesus was teaching about in the gospels. And then it shows how this movement kept going after he rose, but then after he descended into heaven. Ascended. Um, It's a brilliant, it's an amazing book, and that's why we're studying it. Um, If you haven't heard the previous talks, please go back and listen to them. We had a really good one by my dad who gave a really good, like, historical, clever background about the book. And then we had um, Miranda who just taught us and led us in a time of learning about the Spirit and being filled by the Spirit to empower us and go out. And then we heard about Nate, um, Nate from Nate last week, about um, how the Spirit can lead us in talking to others. So... So the spirit, um, what we know though from our passage, that it wasn't all smooth sailing. So they're excited about this message, they're going out, starting to do things, but then the disciples got into trouble. So I need to give you a bit of context because it's not showed up in our passage, but Peter and John, Jesus' main disciples, they were going out, they were on the street, and um, they came, they were coming into the temple and they came across this man who had been lame for 40 years and this man asked him, Ask them for money. Um, and they had no money, and I know how that feels, I never carry cash. So, um, but what they did have was the good news of Jesus. So they stand, told him to stand and be healed in Jesus' name. Now, that story is a, a story of boldness. They were bold, and they believed in the authority and the power of Jesus' name. And then the people around them that saw that, they believed, um, uh, they believed, uh, you're waving your Bible at me, don't worry, I'm coming to it Nate, don't worry, (laughs) Um, don't worry, Uh, so they were bold, and um, lots of people saw this amazing miracle happened, and a lot of people came and they believed in the new kingdom, and so this was good news for this guy and for people around them, but it wasn't good news for everyone. And this is what, when we come to our passage. So, Nate, could you please come up and read our passage for us? Thank you. I was just too excited to read it, that's all. Um, great. Move that. Um, and Mary, Mary always often gets the punchline punch of a joke wrong. It was a religious movement. It still works. A religious movement. You could say it again. We'll, we'll do it at the end, at the beginning. Um, <clears throat> But she changed it from the, from the 9 a.m. Uh, joke. She had three, three to choose from, so, um, but it still works. Um, excellent, so, 
We're taking uh, our reading from Acts chapter 4, starting at the first verse. So the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers and elders and teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas and the the high priest was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others from the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who is lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth who has been crucified, but from whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which you must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, and when they realized they were unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there before them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw, and the Sanhedrin and them conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this from going any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, Which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. Thank you, Nate. Um, So, right, so we see that um, what they did was an act of kindness previously, but but, but instead of being praised and encouraged and thanked, they were actually arrested and put on trial. But why? Why is this? So, actually, it's it's not surprising, but these were the, um, the leaders, the very same leaders that had condemned Jesus to death a few months before. So their names were, um, I had to ask my dad how to say it, but Caiaphas and Annas. And these, so they were the same guys that actually killed Jesus a few months before. And they were angry at Peter and John 
because they, Peter and John were teaching that Jesus had risen from the dead and that he was the promised and waited for Messiah. So they ordered them to stop speaking and arrested them. And this is persecution, when you are stopped from speaking. Actually, on, in a, on a whole, in the West, we don't um, have this because we have mostly freedom of speech. But persecution was very common in the, um, for God's people in the Bible. And um, Jesus actually told his disciples to expect it. And persecution still happens around the world, as we know, to many of our Christian brothers and sisters in China or Iran or Pakistan. And I just learned that, um, so that more Christians have died in the last 100 years for their faith than all the other centuries put together to the time of Jesus. Um, I also read about this um, in Eritrea. There's just been a law in 2002 where they, they shut all the churches down. They closed them all down. And they started arresting Christians and putting them in horrible jails and wanting them to denounce their faith. Um, so these people are experienced real persecution. It's a scary thing. A lot of the, these Christians in Eritrea have now fled so we get Peter and John, and they're spent the night in a jail. And we don't know how they're feeling during this time. Um, they know that these guys had killed Jesus. And this, so this is real, it's real danger. Their lives are at stake. And maybe, maybe, during the night, they remembered what Jesus had told them earlier. Jesus had said, whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time. For it's not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. So the next day, Peter is told to stand and give an answer. They asked him, by what power or name did you do this? How did you raise this man from the dead? And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with boldness. He says, know this, you and all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands behind you, healed, stands in front of you, healed. So they were filled, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he spoke with boldness and conviction. And he had fulfilled what Jesus had asked him to do. Jesus asked us to be him, to be a witness for him. Then Peter clearly says and explains to them the truth. He says, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. This is one of the clearest verses in our Bible about how Jesus is the only way to heaven. It's very similar to when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. All of this boldness, it raises questions within us, within me. Are we presenting our gospel, the, the gospel, in boldness? Is the way we present the gospel focusing on Jesus? 
It's why Alpha begins with Jesus. Who is Jesus? Why did he die? Actually, the Bible is very clear that whatever faith people have, if it doesn't include Jesus, then it's not the gospel we should be preaching. Interestingly, in this area, it seems like people are so good and they love talking about all the good works that they do or the good works around them. Um, It's good, you know, we need to be a good, kind person. We need to avoid doing bad things. We need to work hard, study well, and earn good money. But actually, as we know, the gospel is not about good works. It's about Jesus. So if we know this truth... Are we bold enough to go and tell our friends or our family? Are we bold enough to even bring up the word Jesus with our family? We really need a wave of boldness to come into this nation. That we get Christians speaking the truth in love and telling people about the life that Jesus can give us. Because actually other Christians in, around the world, they don't have that freedom, and yet they still have the boldness. We have freedom, but do we use it? Do people that you know, do they know that you are a Jesus follower? Do your friends know the difference that Jesus makes in your life? Jesus started a movement powered by his spirit, and we are part of that movement. Here at St. Mary's, we are powered by his spirit in that movement. It's the same movement that Peter and John were imprisoned for. So we need to encourage ourselves. Come on, we need to talk more about Jesus. We need to invite more people in Alpha um, or bring them to church, and then they might taste and see that the Lord is good. Are we making disciples? Are we doing what Jesus had told us to do? Go and make disciples. So we, we can see that they were bold. But why were they bold? Why were Peter and John bold? So bold as to stand up and say all of that to the people that had killed Jesus. Why were they that bold? Because they had seen and experienced Jesus in their life. Jesus had made a difference in their life. It's got to come out of a real experience. We've got to be pressing into God daily, asking his Holy Spirit to fill us up so that when we go out and speak to people, it's coming from the Holy Spirit because he will give us the words. But we've got to press in. We've got to press in. Um, it's interesting in the passage um, the leaders were amazed that Peter and John, I like it, says unschooled ordinary men you don't have to be Billy Graham or a vicar to talk about Jesus and I'm looking at all of you, St Mary's, my family you guys are really cool, you guys are amazing okay you're very cool people and you have an amazing story, you've all got experiences of how Jesus has made a difference in your life and you've all got a story to tell so you can do it you are amazing So one of the thoughts is, as you walk into a situation, um, just ask God. Ask God um, how you can talk to people. I I actually used to be terrified talking to people about my faith. 
But now, I actually really love it, and I find it quite fun, and it's a bit like a game for me. Um, I, I always, um, whenever I'm walking into a room, or if I'm standing in a queue at, in a shop, or if I'm somewhere and there's people around me, I, I just pray that God would somehow help me um, bring up his name in a, in a conversation. Um, and you know how it is, and you're starting talking to, to a stranger. Um, and actually, we, we know from the Bible that Jesus did this. So you know the story that he's, he's on a long journey, and he's really tired, and he goes and rests by a well. And um, there's a, a lady there, and he starts a conversation up with her, and she's a stranger. But this conversation starts, and then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So um, one of the things, you know when you meet somebody and you start talking about life and you ask them what they do and da-da-da-da-da, and they ask me what, I, who, you know, what I'm about and I say about, you know, I've got four kids. And, but then I say, oh, you know, um, you know, during the week I love to get involved in my local church and, you know, da-da-da-da. And then I say, I love this bit, I say, do you go to church? You know, I have no idea if they go to church, but I love asking that question because their reaction is always so interesting. They're always quite surprised at the question, and, and it always leads on to something. I, I'm amazed at people's um, thoughts on it, and they talk about maybe the, somebody they know that goes to church, or maybe they used to go to church, or maybe they have no idea about it all. And it's an, a way that we can open up conversation about, well, church, what is church about? Well, I go to church because I believe in Jesus, and he's made a huge difference. And then we can say, well, if you don't know much, come to Alpha, come to Alpha next term. So, um, so we learn in the Bible, there's loads of interesting ways how we can tell people about Jesus. Another way that we can learn from the Bible is to hold a banquet. Hmm. Because there is a story in the Bible that um, there was a man called Levi who Jesus meets. He's a tax collector. And um, Jesus says, leave everything you have and come and follow me. So, so Levi does and he follows Jesus. And he's so excited that Levi has a banquet. Now in our day, you might call that a dinner party. Um, but actually we can all do this. And we can, when we're having a dinner party, we can invite our non-Christian friends and we can invite our Christian friends who are filled with God's spirit. Jesus will be there. And we can pray that his Holy Spirit will bring about amazing, deep um, conversations about Jesus. Um, two people I know who are amazing at doing this is Tishy and Toby. They literally, they should write a book on it. It's, they are very good at this. Um, it's interesting that it, Jesus, in, when he, he was here on, on the earth, he, he speaks about how um, few people are willing to evangelize, even though there's many Jesus says that there's many that would be receptive to the gospel message. He says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So we need to do this. We need to do this. And one thing that we can do easily, easily, is we can pray. Jesus told us to pray that, we would, that he would send workers into this harvest field. We need to pray for bold people. Pray that our church is bold and that we are going out there into this area and being bold disciples. And we also need to be praying for the people that we don't know, that they are saved, that Jesus would save them. And we also need to pray for the people persecuted around the world. Interestingly, Paul later, he um, talks a lot about all of this, but he also talks about money 
money to support gospel work. So Christians, we're we're called to give generously to the work that spreads the good news. And one way we can do that is through our local church. So this morning, I want to challenge you. Be bold in your praying. Be bold in your giving. And be bold in your message. John Ortberg, who is an author, he summarizes this boldness up. So he says, Jesus put it like this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Others have come before you and others will come after you. But this is your day. If God's kingdom is to manifest itself right now, it will have to be through you. God himself will not come to take your place. You are on a mission from God. I love that quote. You are on a mission from God. So St. Mary's. Are you all present? Are you listening? Okay, St. Mary's, you are part of a movement. You are on a mission from God. Do you accept this mission? (laughs) So let's do this mission. Let's do it through our praying. Let's do it through our giving. And let's do it through our message. Let's be a movement of boldness. Amen.